0: You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy, IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start this one saying that the intended audience is everybody. And today we'll be speaking with our special guest, Dr. Richard Waite, on what his role is in terms of pharmacy technology and informatics and consumer health mostly. So thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast, Richard. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, for the listeners to kind of get a little bit of understanding of who you are, can you kind of tell them a little bit of an intro to who you are and I guess what your current role is in the technology space?
1: Yeah, sure. So, like you mentioned, my name is Richard Waith. I am I'm a pharmacist, and I'm the current president of VUCA Health, and I'm also the host of RX Radio. And I had primarily a background in community pharmacy. Um, I went to school at the University of Florida, um, and I went straight into practicing in a large retailer. I think Target was my first company. Was with them during the transition to CVS, and then I went to Publix um, shortly after that. And in the meantime, I started getting really deep into like digital media production and digital health. Found my way back to uh, VUCA Health, which I actually was an intern for when I was in pharmacy school. And uh, a role opened up for me to come back and continue running the operations of the company. So in a nutshell.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I guess just going back a little bit to uh, before you even started pharmacy school, was there like a reason why you decided to go and pursue the pharmacy path?
1: You know, the the crazy thing about me going into pharmacy is it actually sparked in um, I was a senior in high school and it was my last year and I really didn't know what I was going to do. I know I wanted to do something in healthcare because my mom was a nurse. So that was like an inspiration for me to know that I want to do healthcare. And one of my teachers actually was a, she was in pharmacy school and had like a traumatic life event and she actually could like did not finish. So, you know, she became a teacher. And for some reason, she just, I guess, saw that it was a good you know, this was a time where, you know, they were giving sign on bonuses and things like that. So she felt that it was not only was it a good career field to go in, but I think she saw that I was very personable and that, you know, I, I was able to do I had the potential. I wasn't doing well at the time in high school, but I had the potential to do well in school. And she recommended that I check it out. And I looked into it and I thought that it was a great mix between a stable career, helping people, you know, you like actually working with other people. And I just never looked back. Um, so that's kind of what what really got me going in, into the field.
0: That's awesome. So so I guess uh, my next question is about like what made you th- decide to pursue the route of using technology to improve patient care? And I, I know that you said that you started off as an intern for where you are now. So can you kind of talk about how you fell into that and how that kind of, you know, got you into thinking about like going into that field more?
1: Yeah, sure. So this actually came about, like me being an intern, uh, the company at the time that I was in pharmacy school was just a startup and they were trying to build. So let me give you an idea first about or give listeners idea first about what VUCA Health is and that'll maybe give it some context. So VUCA Health is a a content provider. We create patient medication education videos, create the largest library of them. They're very short videos. I'm always like a person talking to a patient about a particular medication and we license that content to health systems pharmacies and health plans and and mobile applications. Now, when they were just a startup, when I was in pharmacy school, they were looking to start building the content out and they wanted to um, utilize pharmacy students to initially write the content, like write the first draft. And then the clinical, the chief clinical officer would review it, make any edits, and then basically put that into the library. So literally, the founder sent an email to our school asking if there's any students that wanted to be a part of this. And I thought it sounded great. For the most part, I was just like, I really just wanted side money because I wasn't working like or even if I was, I think I was just doing like one day a week at, at a retail pharmacy. And I was I thought that it would be a great way for me to make money from home. Um, while in pharmacy school and it was going to help me learn about, you know, medications because I was in pharmacy school. That was the whole point of everything. So that's kind of how I got started with it. Now I, I I don't even think I knew exactly at the time what the company was going to be doing with these, with this content. That was really my, you know, my, my initial, my initial goal was just to like make money and then learn about medications, really. But little did I know. When I graduated and I started seeing that the role that I would fit best in pharmacy and in healthcare is communicating with patients and providing them information that they need to know. Like that was my goal. Like I was only an intern with VUCA Health for about a year or two. So even outside of that, I became really passionate about being able to properly communicate with patients and being able to effectively deliver messages to help them better their health or to help them change their behavior. So it was just a great foundation for me to start with. And seeing what the company is doing now, and what the vision for the founder was, it was just a really good fit for me to kind of come back to it and kind of continue to grow the company and innovate with the company.
0: Wow, that's really awesome. So, uh, so after that, like after being an intern, then you got that experience as a pharmacist uh, working in a community setting. And I guess when you came back after that, how did your experience in the setting where you already got to see patients, how did that contribute to what you're able to do for VUCA health in your current role today?
1: Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. So I actually think the community pharmacist is super undervalued for the skill set that they have. And and I'll tell you why. And it's really I think what is key to me having a smooth transition into the current role that I'm in now and able to start seeing the company grow. And one of those is the ability to manage chaos because for the most part a community pharmacy it's unless you're at a super slow store it's busy and you have things coming at you left and right all the time and you're just always responding your head's like always on a swivel whether it's you know responding to a question from your technician or talking to a physician on the phone or talking to a patient that just walked up there's so much going on at all times it requires a crazy amount of like time awareness time management and keeping calm with delivering certain messages and things like that and i think with the amount of stuff that that leading an organization comes along with, I think being a in a community setting for, you know, for a couple of years was an extremely good thing to help me prepare for a type of role that was like this because I remain calm now in all sorts of craziness that is happening from a day to day. And I think that community pharmacy was able to help me like be in that zone. The other thing that was really helpful and I think is undervalued from a community pharmacy standpoint is the ability to deliver messages that the important messages that patients need to know and effectively and, and in a short period of time. And for our particular, for my particular company, with the videos that we do, the videos are only two minutes long. And as you know, there's a bunch of information about a medication that you can deliver to a patient. So being able to hone in on what are the important things that a patient needs to know if they just want a quick overview of the medication I think is really helpful to use. And then just being able to deliver that message in like a concise but easy to understand manner. I think in I think a community pharmacy setting, it was really key in helping me to hone in on that skill.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, like consumer health informatics and consumer tools, they're kind of like not thought about when for someone hears about pharmacy informatics. I think a lot of times people assume that it's just the inpatient side or, you know, the big like data for, you know, across the nation using that and performing data analytics. And so sometimes it's forgotten that consumer health informatics is very important. So it's really cool that, you know, your is doing this. And I guess like from your perspective, kind of like what do you see a pharmacist role evolving to in terms of like other types of tools for consumer health informatics and consumer health technology?
1: So. When I think about that space and, you know, consumer health informatics, I think about two fronts. I think about one, you're collecting a lot of data. And I think that's one side of it. And I think the other side of it is what do you do with that data? And I think a pharmacist has a, an important role in, in the potential to be able to analyze that data, make decisions on that data. And then also deliver the right messages to back to the patient based on that data. And I think that one thing and I think one thing to understand it or, or that's important to know is that when I think about health informatics from a pharmacist, I don't picture a pharmacist that can outcode. A regular developer because, and I think that's that might be a misconception. And don't get me wrong, I think there's some people that just they want to become a developer, which by all means, I think that's great. Not, I would never stop anyone from learning more, but I think it's also important to know that you don't have to be a full coding, full stack developer to be able to utilize your skills in health informatics. I think it's important to understand how some of these things work and get a foundation for technology and code and, and how things are delivered and, and how data is captured and organized and that kind of thing and how it's protected. But I think it's, you know, you don't have to go as far as becoming a full blown coder or developer. Now, I think that full blown coders and developers should be looking to hire people like pharmacists because they can create as much technology as possible to have an impact on healthcare. I think a pharmacist has the key role in helping to ensure that the right messages are being delivered and the right actions are being taken based on the data that's acquired.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And uh you know for VUCA Health, I know that Meds on Q is only one product that Vuka Health has and I was wondering if there were any other projects that you, you may already have that you want to talk about or if there's anything down the line that you can share.
1: Yeah, so Meds on Q you mentioned, that's basically that's kind of like how the company got started and because it's one thing to create the content, which is what we do and it's what we've done really well, but then it's another thing to deliver that content, kind of similar to what we were just kind of talking about. And the first way that we Managed to do that was we created meds on Q, which basically integrated with the pharmacy software to get a QR code onto the patient's uh, label. So with every prescription dispensed, they get a QR code that gives them access to digital content about their medication, and and part of that content is our videos that's in there. But we do have a a super large library that can be integrated into software platforms uh, like mobile apps, websites, because we have an API that can deliver that. Now we're doing all that today, but a project that I can share with you that I hope to really dive into at some point is the voice space. And right now, not a lot of people have an Alexa in their home. I and mean, when I say not a lot of people, if you look at the the scale of America, there there are millions of devices out there, but it's nowhere near the amount of people that have have iPhones, let's say. And I think one day it's going to be the opposite. I think one day there's going to be way more Alexa devices um, easily accessible than a current iPhone is today. And with that belief, I want to be able to have our medication education videos available on some of those voice devices. So I want someone to say, hey, Alexa, please tell me about or how to use this pro air inhaler or how to use this Brio. I want our audio to play if that action is called from a skill, or or I want that our video to be shown on that Echo device, if it's if they're using the devices that have a screen with it, so that's kind of something that I'm hoping in the, that will come in the future in terms of how we're using our video content. Um, I think that's a unique project, and and I don't think that's unique to our company. I think that every company. Like every brand is going to have to have a voice strategy at some point. We're already seeing it with large companies like Mayo Clinic. I think they have a skill out there. Cleveland Clinic might also have one. Large companies are dabbling in the voice space. A lot of times you're just not hearing about it. They're doing it either without announcing the press or anything. They're They're doing a lot of testing. But I promise you in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see almost every company have a skill in the um, Alexa store or the Google Home or whatever is, whatever voice device ends up being big. And we, no one really knows who's going to win the platform, although it really does look like Amazon's Alexa will. But whatever device is going to be part of that in the future, I believe that almost every large company and healthcare provider is going to have a, a voice strategy in place where they're going to have some sort of skill or app that patients can interact with using their, just their voice.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I do agree with that about the, uh, the voice being the next thing. Cause I think it was Amazon who I, I believe it was just a few months ago that they got approved to have HIPAA compliant, uh, developer kit for, for the Amazon Alexa. Do you recall that?
1: Yeah, I do, actually. Um, and that was huge. I mean, everyone knew it was coming. When I say everyone, like everyone that was in the voice space knew it would happen eventually. They just didn't know when. What's important to note is that even though they, they announced that the they are creating the tools to create HIPAA compliance, but not every single device is automatically HIPAA compliant. So that's an important asterisk to make. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. And I think that if you look at the adoption of voice technology has outpaced the adoption of radio, television, and cell phones. And and it's because of its ease of use. It's also because of its uh, cost price point. You know, sometimes, especially if you're you're getting it at a sale, you can get one of these devices for like 20, 30 bucks. And it's also easy to use because if you hand a patient an iPhone, a patient that's above 70, that's never interacted with an iPhone before, if you hand them an iPhone, it's going to take them a while to learn how to use that thing. But if you put an Echo device in front of them and you just say, you know, all you have to say is ask its name to do something, it's a lot lower barrier of entry to use. And I was at the voice conference actually recently and what was announced there was that Companies are starting to work with a lot of the assisted living facilities, the retirement communities, that's what I'm going to say. Like a lot of them are working with the retirement communities and allowing and installing these devices to measure their usability for simple tasks. I mean, this is a little bit beyond healthcare, but just something as simple as like turning on and off the light. Um, You know, patients have a lot of times they have trouble either reaching certain switches depending on like. You know their moving around ability, their mobile ability. A lot of times, it's difficult for them. Like if they needed to walk across the room to do something, it's actually like a big task. And for them to now be able to just ask Alexa to do it, I think it's something that's kind of beneficial for a lot of them. So beyond healthcare, I mean, there's so many other use cases that is involved with voice tech devices, um, which is something I'm really excited about. And I think that you know, on the back end of that device where pharmacists play a role is as people start to develop those technologies pharmacists can play a role in again providing what content's going to be on there and what voice conversation design and i think conversational design in healthcare i mean who not who's better than a pharmacist to design a conversation about how you know a question is answered about their health or medications so i think pharmacists are going to have like a huge role in that Space at some point.
0: Yeah. And uh, just uh, along the lines of, you know, content creation, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and then talk about your podcast that you have, the uh, RX Radio. Can you kind of just go over a little bit about, you know, just for listeners to know, like what your podcast is about and I guess why you started and any other information you have?
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for allowing me to do that plug, man. I appreciate it. So RX Radio, yeah, you can listen to it on SoundCloud, iTunes, probably all the same ways that you can listen to this podcast. But I initially created it because I was really curious about what was going on out in the world in pharmacy, and I felt like going through school, I was very limited to you know any of the people that they brought in to talk or whatever. And a lot of times, they were just people either in hospital or in community, and um, it felt that I, my understanding of where pharmacists can practice was very limited. So I wanted to explore that a little bit more, and I wanted to be the one to kind of talk and ask those questions and communicate and and you know have those questions answered that I wanted to know and, and be able to get that out to other people that may may have had similar interests or similar curiosities. I was also interested in learning about what pharmacy was like, a, like abroad, like I wanted to talk to a pharmacist, which I, I did have an interview with a couple pharmacists in the UK, um, one pharmacist in Canada, and I was really interested to see what the differences were, if there were or if there and what the similarities were, and how we practice pharmacy. Over the course of the building of the podcast, I didn't stick really, really well, you know, to interviewing people internationally, because I found there was just so much to cover just here in America with like all the different ways people were practicing. So um, it, it's leaned heavily a lot towards exploring unconventional roles in pharmacy. Um, it's a re- very inter- interview-based style, very similar to this one. When I try to have all types of guests in all different types of industries on there. And, and it's really, and I've been getting a lot of messages too, because some of, the, some of the episodes I'll post is kind of talks that I'll give at schools where I just kind of go to different schools and talk to students about healthcare. And I've been getting a lot of messages from people saying how helpful it's been because, you know, they're getting motivated to do more and have more fulfilled careers. But then they're also getting ideas of all the different things that they can do out there. So it's been it's been really rewarding for me, actually. But um, yeah, that's that's Arch Radio. So if anyone wants to check it out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So um, if people wanted to, I guess, learn more about, you know, Meds on Q or VUCA Health, or even if like they wanted to check out RX Radio, uh, what's the best way that they can find those resources and maybe even like directly message you if they had any questions uh, particularly to you?
1: Yep. So to directly reach me, my email is Richard at VUCAhealth.com. And VUCA is spelled V as in Victor, U as in Umbrella, C is in Charlie, A as in Apple, Um, You can visit the website or follow any social media platforms, both VUCA Health, myself and RX Radio is on every single social media platform. Um, so definitely connect on whichever one's your favorite there. And I'd love to talk to you about anything that I have going on, or if there's anything I can do to help anyone in their careers, definitely feel free to reach out to me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for, you know, all of that information and, you Know, being on this podcast. And uh, I'll be putting all that information into our show notes for anyone who's uh, interested in reaching out or finding more information about, you know, VUCA Health or RX Radio. But, you know, to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show.
1: No problem. Thanks again for having me. This was great.
0: All right, if you guys like this episode, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at Pharmacy ITME or Instagram at Pharmacy Informatics or by emailing me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy ITME. And remember, technology is the tool, patient care is the goal.